Greetings, students, and welcome to another fun-filled day here at Horror in the Halls. <laughs> What's up, kids, and welcome to Horror in the Halls. I'm Bob, a.k.a. Mr. Holland. And I'm Jenny, a.k.a. Mrs. Hill. And we're just two high school teachers talking about spooky stuff. And in this week's lesson, we're talking about one of the greatest slasher franchises of all time, 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street. Probably one of the best, just overall films, really. It's a really good movie. Uh, start to finish, of course, you can't go wrong with Wes Craven. So yeah, came out in 1984, November 9th, my son's birthday, actually. Directed by, of course, Wes Craven, written by... Again, Wes Craven. And it really was like a commercial success, really. Because he just going off box office gross i mean the budget was 1.1 million but it grossed 57 million in the box office that's pretty good pretty pretty great for 1984 yeah absolutely Um, actually funny it's also known as the house that freddie built for new line cinema because they were about to go bankrupt when they made this movie they were very small production company and this movie like made new line what it was in the 80s i didn't know that oh yeah because like it saved because this was one of the last movies they were going to do and they had a hard time finding money and everything and then this movie was did so well that new line for a long time was referred to as the house that freddie built it's cool because when i watched it i always like to watch the movies right before we record because it's fresh in my memory yeah and this one i told i looked at johnny and said it's almost like i'm watching this for the first time because i feel like there's a lot of stuff i missed when i watched it originally and and i had it hadn't been that long since i rewatched them i like i only have like two left that i haven't watched out of the whole range like the whole freddy um out of all the freddy movies I haven't yeah. watched like a couple, like the last ones, but one of them I think is the newer one, which I've seen. And like you said, it's not the great greatest. Well, the 2010 one. Yeah. Yeah. I, gave I think that he's movie counting one of those. Like five minutes. And I was like, nah, fuck this. I'm turning it off. Like I, I did watch I typically the whole thing. Hate horror remakes. Um, this is a movie that I don't care who you put in it. If it's not Robert England, it won't be good because he oh, makes true, the character. It wasn't. It wasn't him. That's right. No, it's it Jackie Earl guy. Haley. Yeah, from a uh, Watchmen and a bunch of other nonsense. And he's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. I'm not even discounting his ability because he played the role. Dark shadows kind of creepy you know and he did a good job and you know and he is usually a creepy dude and i like it um but he's not freddy at all no one's freddy no robert england does a wonderful job of being freddy yeah because it's so much um all jokingly jokes and one-liners aside like the the it's the eyes how he emotes how he uses his face how he holds himself it's supposed to be like uncomfortable almost like um the original pennywise you know what i mean like when tim curry played Mm -hmm. that to make you uncomfortable not necessarily afraid but he was really trying to like hit that psyche of what makes you afraid not that he's just scary but why is he scary you know what i mean and that's why i think robert england kind of encompasses in this character yeah he plays on your fears a lot which is in a great way nightmares yeah Yeah. i mean this movie's wild like typically horror movies on all the review sites do not do well but it's got a 95 percent on rotten tomatoes and that's the critics that's really good the audience is 84 what oh the critics was higher the critics was 95 on this letterbox gave it a 3.8 which is you know why because it is really good writing this is really good writing it's very good directing it has a lot of cool effects in it it's just i love it I bet it's a match. I mean, all of it is really, really good. Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, I love but again, me it's Freddy. Wes Craven. Oh, yeah. I can't. I can't um, I'm a little biased because I like Freddy a lot. He's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan. Like I said, it's uh, I, I, I consider him one of the, I mean, the original like big four slasher type characters. You could say five now with Ghostface if you wanted, but like, you know, Leatherface, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and Freddie. Those guys are all like, if there was a Mount Rushmore of, of slashers, it would be those four. Yes. I think. Most definitely. And I, I mean, I guess maybe some people might swap out Leatherface with Ghostface, but to me- no. I I think, you know, some of the most influential films uh, of all time, in my opinion, especially these, because it took it to a whole nother level. It wasn't just a giant dude with a weapon. You know what I mean? Like he he played on your psychological fears. He played on the things that make you uncomfortable. I mean, Wes Craven killed it. You know, he took that he took six months off to write this. And you can tell that there was a lot of effort 
put into this movie. Yeah, I can see that. Like, I'm telling you, like, I I really love the writing in this movie. Like, I think it was really well done. The you know the dialogue was really well done. Well, well done. Just overall, it was great. So. Oh yeah, and like top to bottom, it was really good. And like I said, he wrote it. He I think he made a, like a pretty decent amount off doing like The Hills Have Eyes. It was pretty popular. Last House on the Left also fairly popular. So he was able to take that time to really put some some thought and uh i guess really just like some some time into it i mean is all you really say and he did a great job i think it's one of the best written horror movies i think of the of the time really it's like the story behind some of the other ones is kind of you know man like the first friday 13th is great because you don't expect it to be the mom and it's like you know written pretty well but this had to take some like some time and he had some great inspirations for it so of course we get into the cast here we already said robert england plays freddy krueger uh, you got Heather Lagenkamp, who's awesome as Nancy. She was kind of young at the time, but fit that like he said in an interview that he wanted someone that looked like innocent and smart, but like you, you, one that you could believe would be like able to survive this situation. Because she does some stuff later on that you'd be like, "Why did she make that decision?" But it makes sense, you know. And then uh, thanks to John Saxon, who plays her dad, Lieutenant Don Thompson, he was one of the main reasons they were able to get funding for this movie. Because at the time he was such like a big oh. name from like the 70s you know he was a big name in the 70s so putting him on there like the backers were okay he was considered the name for this movie which i think is kind of hilarious uh same with ronnie blakely her mom and dad were like the names it was like you know johnny depp wasn't it was his first movie, so he wasn't anybody. Which is crazy uh, to me that that was his first one. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I got a fun fact about that. The only reason why he was cast as this is because Wes Craven's daughter uh, like demanded it. She said he was dreamy, and they had to cast him. Yeah, him and his uh, cutoff jersey that he wears. Heck yeah, dude. It's the most 80s outfit <laughs> ever. Yeah, we. I'm like, oh man, he's got his cutoff jersey on. It's great. <laughs> and like the rest of the main cast is just Amanda Wise as uh, Tina... And uh, let's see, Nick Corey is Rod. There's a lot of other characters, oh, but those Rod. are like the main ones. Oh, good old Rod. Oh, so also, some of like, the people who die in this movie. There's only technically four deaths in this whole movie. And that's four it. De- oh, yeah. I was like, wait, the fourth. Um, I was like, oh, yeah. Duh. It's the mom, Tina, Rod, and Glenn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, great film. Great uh, idea. He actually got the idea. I was like, I said, I did a ton of research on this. Because like, it's one of those movies that I kind of know without watching it. I watched it again just to kind of uh, refresh my memory on it. And I also watched the documentary about it. It came out like sometimes in the aughts. It wasn't one, two, Freddy's coming with you. It's something. I can't remember what it was at the top of my head right now. But it was really interesting to interview Wes Craven. And he kind of talked about how he came up with the idea. And there was these articles in the Los Angeles Times that was a gr- about a group of Southeast Asian refugees who had essentially died from their nightmares. So they, you know, they had come to the U.S. to escape the Pol Pot, or however you say that, I think, the reign of Pol Pot. So after they were here, they all died of having these, like, really intense dreams. Uh, And he he said he was reading these stories, and when he saw that there was a third one, you know, that this kid had, like, had been awake for, like, a week or something, drinking coffee and everything he could. And then when he finally fell asleep, his parents heard him screaming when they got in there that he essentially had died from just his dreams. He just died. Like it was wild. They ended up naming it called uh, Asian Death Syndrome, which they call a, a, it's a variant of Sudden Death Syndrome or the Brugada Syndrome. But yeah, it has its own syndrome because it was only these these people who had experienced this kind of horror in Southeast Asia. Yeah, it's wild, man. Like so, that's kind of what inspired him. You know, he read these articles. Was like, that's got to be something we write about. You know, scary. Just imagine that. It's very like, scary. It's one of those things. What 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 could you do? You know what I mean? Like you're dying from being so scared. Like their nightmares yeah, scared them to death. Yeah, because nightmares are already terrible, and if they're that, you know, it's like having a night terror or something. But like, geez, that's that's but, excruciating. Yeah, but severe. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, okay, it says so... the healthy man would have a nightmare and refuse to sleep for as long as they could. And when they finally fell asleep from exhaustion, they'd wake screaming and then die. It's wild. So it's just like they died from pure fear. Like, yeah, pure fear. Almost like, that's, oh my gosh, it's terrible. I would say it probably, I mean, from, I guess, I'm not a doctor or nothing, but like staying awake that long was probably extreme exhaustion. And then that sudden adrenaline burst of fear probably killed him. It's crazy. It wasn't heart failure, though. According to what the autopsy revealed, it was they just died. And yeah, really? apparently that, Craven really was intrigued. That's really confusing, isn't it? Because yeah. Like, yeah. you would think that it would be from like a heart attack or something. No, it's like their brain just stopped and they died. That's uh, sad. That's what he said I in think interview, I've though, heard that. I think Johnny 
watch something where because i wouldn't put it past him because he watches stuff like that all the time where they all enter get interviewed by like or they interview all the different figureheads and like horror the horror industry and then like they bring in like other people that just just horror fans in general like um i can't remember what he's watching recently but it's got like i can't remember his name from slipknot why am i drawing a blank i don't know either like the, the singer of the slipknot singer. Corey? Yeah, the singer yeah he's on there and like there's a wrestler on there but then they had like uh robert england and oh, the guy cool. who plays jason i don't know names i'm not kane hotter probably yeah, there you go. Kane Hodder is like yeah, the one of the most famous Jasons. There's about 20 dudes that play Jason, I think, but he's probably yeah, the so most. Yeah, so like he was prominent. watching that. It might have been on that. I have no idea, but like he, I'm pretty sure I heard Johnny tell that story at one point. That's what it was about, and I was like, that is terrifying. But yeah, it's it's very scary because again, it's one of those things like what do you do you know that documentary i just looked it up it's called never sleep again the elm street legacy it's pretty cool you should definitely watch it if you ever get a chance um i think it's on tubi maybe that's where i watched it or maybe youtube i don't remember i watched it yesterday before i watched the movie just to kind of get um as much information as i could and i thought it was really interesting like i said it's just to hear Wes craven explain or uh kind of talk about his inspiration for the character was really cool especially for Freddy itself being so iconic. Like, you know, Freddy's got multiple iconic things. Whereas like Michael Myers has a mask. Jason has a mask. You can maybe say a machete, but he uses like 10 things to kill people in the movies. You know, Myers gets a kitchen knife, but it's a different knife all the time. Maybe the pumpkin's iconic for him. Leatherface, again, it's a mask and a chainsaw. I mean, Freddy's got the hat, sweater, the glove, you know, the whole, just all of it. They're just iconic. If you see someone wearing that sweater, you know where it's from. You know what I mean? Like, there's no like, yeah. oh, I just found this. Nah, bro, that's a Freddy sweater. Yeah, and I forgot all about, like, the beginning of the movie where it shows him, like, crafting his glove. And yeah. I was like, man, that's so cool. I know, right? You're like, that's a crazy idea to come up with. You know what I mean? But he yeah. kind of talks about it. Like, um, I was watching that, and he, and he he talks about where every aspect of the costume came from. So, like he basically commented that Halloween and Friday were already out and he wanted his character to be able to, to be able to, to be articulate and to be able to speak. So he decided instead of giving him a mask to do a mask of scar tissue, like he was like, he said in the interview, we'll just burn him alive and make his mask scar tissue. So that's why Freddie's face is the way it is. And it's a really cool makeup. Like um, the guy goes into it. It's like three layers. And that's why like, you can mm. see like the kind of the gut, like the bone and muscle underneath and you can see the movement. It's really cool. The name Fred or Freddy was inspired by Wes's childhood bully. He was a kid that beat him up all the time. Um, huh. Kruger, people online said that that kid's name was Freddy Kruger, but Wes Craven said Kruger was just a name that he, sound, he said it sounded very German, like a warplane. And the main bad guy in the last house on the left, his name is Krug. So he just made it a continuation to tie back to that. Um, oh, even okay. the hat. Yeah, like the hat was like... It was the exact same hat, like this drunk man that he saw on the streets when he was a kid that scared him. It was just his own fears, you know? Um, That's cool, like, because that makes it more personal, too. Yeah, it's, I think it's really cool. And, like, the sweater, it was another fun fact that I thought was interesting about this. He was going to be red and yellow, like Plastic Man. And because, like, when playing on in the comic books, when Plastic Man changes shape, he's still red and yellow. So he was going to try to play on that motif. But then he read an article in the scientific America that stated that the, the colors that red and dark green were the most difficult for the human eye to put side by side. So that's why he chose it. So it was like every little oh. aspect of this character went into making him terrifying, but not blatantly terrifying. You know what I mean? It's a subtle, like his sweater, those colors together apparently make the human eye makes your brain think that's uncomfortable. Right. And he put in like, those fears because everyone has that kind of hat right and like he just has this look about him that i thought was really interesting yeah and you'll appreciate this was really well done i love it so you'll appreciate his uh his claw um craven wanted originally it was, he was thinking a sickle but he wanted something that was unique um he said unique and could be cheaply made uh and at the time he said he was studying primal fears embedded in the subconscious of people of people and discovered that one of those fears was an attack by animal claws and at the time, he had a cat and had watched his cat unsheath its claws. And that's where he came up with the idea to give Freddy the four claws. Uh, well, I mean. And why they're curved like cat's claws. Cat. Yeah, exactly. It's It shreds you up. Yeah, that's where the idea came from. Enough. So like I one of, 
people across the world's biggest fears is animal claws, and he would let it be inspired by a cat, which I thought was kind of cool. You hear that, Mr. Wren? They're talking about you. Yep. Oh. It was inspired by one of Mr. Wren's brethren. That's where the, that's where Freddy's whole <laughs> idea came from. And I think it was really successful, right? Because, I mean, he's supposed to be, I guess, off-putting. We're like, yeah, Michael Myers and he's... Jason's goal is blatantly terrifying. Like, they're supposed to be... Yeah, very intimidating. And... Yeah. And Freddy's more, like, psychologically intimidating. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. This thing is chasing me. And he does, like, really weird off-putting things. Like that first yeah, scene like... where you see him. Like the way he runs, even like he like crouches yeah. and like lifts his arms up, like and then like kind of like it kind of like the smiling man. Yeah, or like he's being like marionetted, all weird, like yeah, it's creepy, and that's but that's also like a fear is like being in a dark alley and seeing a man standing there in his ridiculous outfit and doing his well, little yeah, arm movements. It's just supposed <laughs> to be. Psychologically fearing, fearful, which I really dig. I thought that was pretty spot on. I think, um, yeah, I can't think of anything. Any, I don't have any negative to say about Freddy Krueger as a character. No, he's he's very well done. He's very well written. Robert England plays him really well because he doesn't seem cheesy. Because he could seem really cheesy, but yeah, he does, even with he's the one liners. Yeah. yeah, he's not. He's just really hundred percent. Even though he's got cheesy lines, it's still like they're made, they make you uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's the kind yes. of jokes you're like, what? Okay. Yeah. I, like, I would not want to have a nightmare with him in it. Just saying. No. <laughs> well, I would, I'd, I'd go like, to say, no. I think he's like the top of the slashers, right? Cause, like, like I've said before, like in our small episode, I may not win, but Jason and Michael Myers are just people. You know what I mean? Like, later with Jason, they made him more supernatural, but they're, you know, they're just people. Um, same with Leatherface. Leatherface is a dude with a chainsaw. Like once you get past that chainsaw or Michael Myers' knife or Jason's machete, you're just a dude. Freddie is in your head. You know what I mean? Like he can play on your worst fears. He can play on those things at the core of your being that you don't even tell other people you're afraid of. You know what I mean? Like he knows those about you because he's in your head and that's way scarier than a big dude in coveralls with a knife. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. It's like to me, you can't physically fight. No, I mean, you can in your dreams, I guess. And they kind of play on that a lot in the movies, especially like three of the dream warriors and stuff. And they kind of get into some like deep thinking on like dream states and that's cool and all. But if you're just like a person with no prior knowledge and all of a sudden this be clawed dudes in your dream, wearing a goofy sweater, cracking one liners, that's terrifying. Yeah, And he's chasing you, especially that crazy scene when you first see him with Tina and his arms are like, freaking 12 feet long and he's just scratching the sides of that alley yeah no Mm -mm. it was dope and it had some of the this movie has some of the best practical effects ever but you know how they did that it's literally just extensions put in that sweater and there's dudes on the roofs of those garage with fishing poles holding the hands up oh that's fun and that's that's it (laughs) yeah that's, that's it like Wes Craven apparently they'd said in this he was so um, because he had made The Hills Had Eyes and Last House on the Left, he was so well-versed in making a low-budget film that he was able to take the budget they had for this and make the absolute most of it. And that's why it is so good. Yeah, I don't feel like... Like, even this... Like, he does a good job with the sets, even though they're just very... I don't know. I don't want to say plain. It's not like... It's not a, like a different plane of existence. It's like all the settings that they're already in. Well, yeah, because like you don't have to have. Nightmares. Yeah, like think about it. Like we don't. People don't necessarily dream of like fantasy places. You dream of places you've seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and like like the boiler room, for instance, that would be a nightmare because it's all dark and dreary. And you don't know what's there. You know, and you have these nightmares of places you've been to or you've seen or. And I think that was very fitting. A fun little note about that boiler room is that was in the bottom of a jail, I think. But it ended up being condemned like not long after they filmed this movie because it was totally full of asbestos. They were there for a week filming, but apparently it was so bad they came in and shut the whole place down. But it looks so iconic with those pipes going across and like all weird angles. And that that is just creepy in itself. It was a great like scouting choice. Yeah, any type of boiler room is going to be creepy. Yeah, and it fits Freddy's like backstory too, like being burned yeah. alive and how like he kind of like made his glove in that boiler room. It just kind of ties it all together of being his realm, I think, more so than anything else, which is yeah. awesome. So 
Are you do you are you done with all your your fun facts? I have so many facts I could toss in on this movie, dude. Like so many. I did a lot of research on this movie, but you can like, tell me I'm, whatever you want to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here real quick. Get to it. You love this movie too. There, I I don't know if you know what this how they did this scene or not, so I'll let you tell me. But the scene at the beginning where Nancy is asleep in the bed at Tina's house, and he comes out of the ceiling. Yeah, the wall. Or the wall, and yeah. he's like, it's his head and his his hands, and mm-hmm. he's like getting closer and it's after the crucifix has fallen off the wall which is creepy and that part was like really well done and i didn't know if like that was like how they did that oh dude i do know how they did that so at the time it's the 80s and everyone like there's been a lot of people who think different options that's just spandex like spandex had just come out not long before that and like the the uh the special effects guy said they went to just a, cra- a fabric store and got a huge sheet, like as big as they could possibly get, of spandex and made a panel out of it. And that's all it is. That's it's so just cool. Straight spandex you'd wear yeah, on your pants. Yeah, because I was like, I was trying to consider the year, and I'm like, how would they have done that? That makes so much yeah. sense. But it looks so good, though. It looks like the wall. Like, they, they did a good yeah. job with it. So I was like, man, that is so creepy. That's what I'm saying. Some of the effects in this movie... um, the way they did them is so interesting, dude. Like that, and that seems so basic now. But at the time, they were like, how are we going to do this? And the guy was like, oh, this new fabric. And he said he went and tried it, and Wes was like, yep, that's it. <laughs> like, he just loved it because it looks so otherworldly. And it looks just like the wall because it's lit really well. And the mm-hmm. color match is so good and spot on, which I'm sure they picked what they painted the wall as close as they could to that fabric. But it looks so good. Even how she and like. He, go ahead. It's when he comes. He starts pushing himself through. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. And she doesn't even know he's there until the crucifix falls on her, and then she tries to knock on the wall to make sure. Like what? I'm like that was yeah, it was super well done. That is one of my favorite um, practical effects in this movie. My absolute favorite though is when is Tina's death scene. That room. Oh my gosh! I know. I wrote that down. I was like, her, it, it's incredibly cool and creepy. Yes, because and they used that room twice. For Johnny Depp's scene is the same room. Oh, it is. That's yeah. Funny. Well, it's because that room is a giant box that will spin in a complete circle. That's how they did that scene. So really, you don't notice it. The camera's stationary. That room is moving, not Tina. So the room is upside down. Everything's nailed. Oh. Like Rod is strapped into his chair with like half a gallon of gel in his hair, so it doesn't fall up and stays in place. And there's like jump seats on the walls that you can't see for the cameraman and Wes Craven. And the room is spinning and they're just attached. He talked oh, about. That's so cool. Isn't it so rad? But he talked about different times how they had to remind the actress playing Tina, hey, this is up. Don't freak out. Because she was getting like vertigo and stuff because the room was moving and like everything would look upside down. But then it would shift and it would be different. It was messing her up. Yeah, that would that would mess me up. Good grief. hundred percent. That's really cool, though. I didn't know it's fun. That's so fun. Yeah. Well, that's why Johnny Depp's, the blood coming out of his um, chest and his bed looks so good. Because it's being dumped from the ceiling and not up out of the bed. Oh, but the room gotcha. broke at the last minute and shifted. So, you know that scene where the blood all of a sudden starts going to one direction? That was not supposed uh-huh. to happen. But it looked so cool on camera, they left it. Because the room shifted oh, in the middle yeah, of that scene, it does. and the blood pulled to the side. Yeah, like that was not supposed to happen. It was supposed to just hit the hit the, the ceiling, which really was the floor at the time, and cut back to that. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. But he took mm-hmm. that much mo- like that little bit of money for a million dollars is a lot of money, but not for a movie with so much practical effects in it. So to take that and make it like really stretch, I thought was really cool. Yeah, that that rotating room idea is really not really neat. Yeah, especially for nineteen eighty four. Yeah, and it doesn't even look like it. They did such a good job that you can't even tell. No, I I went into it watching it again yesterday, and I knew the room rotated. And I still really could not tell. The only time you can really, you know it's it's a rotating room is when that blood shifts to the side of the top. But really, it's played so well of just being this creepy. What's going on in this you know movie that you don't even think about the fact that that blood just shifted. Uh, if you're watching it, it's to the left. It all starts pouring to the left with the whole room shifted yeah. to one direction. 
Yeah, it's awesome. It's so it's so <laughs> neat. But yeah, those two are my favorite scenes because, like I said, that that spandex and, and that's such an easy thing. You know what I mean? Like I think people watch movies and think that practical that's effects like is so brand. hard to do. Yeah, but it's so easy. He's like, hey man, let's just glue a panel of spandex to this wall and push our face through it. That's insane. Yeah. It's the same for the bathtub. The bathtub they built on top of a tank of water that they wrapped in uh in black tarps. And the actor with the claw is just down in this other tank. And when they hail, yell action, he puts his head underwater and puts his hand up. That's just a dude in the tub with her. But the end of the tub has a hole cut out in it so he can go down. Huh. So it's just a big set built. That's really neat. Yeah. And they okay. I don't do water very well. So like yeah. that to me is like the worst type of nightmare to have is somewhere where you're the most vulnerable is the bathroom. Uh, you're drowning. Whether you're yeah. using the toilet or you're in the shower in the tub. I'm like, she's just in there trying to relax because she's freaking losing people that matter to her. And like, she's like exhausted falling asleep. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, it's in the tub with her. It's I know. terrible. And it looks so good how it slowly comes out and reaches for her and then like jerks her down. It's a really yeah, well done scene. The, jerking her down, that to me is the absolute worst. It I, really like, was. Yeah. Water to me, I me and water are not friends. I like my pool a lot, but <laughs> I don't I don't do water well. So like I that to me is scary. I can see that. I, yeah. Well, you only really can't do anything. You know what I mean? Like everything's off can't breathe it's mm-hmm. like uh yeah i'm with it i would not like that either yeah but it, it's really like again it's one of those scenes that's just really good oh yeah a little none a little ridiculous fact about that johnny depp scene and just in total uh, over 500 gallons of fake blood were used in this movie good grief that's a lot well imagine how much they dumped out of his bed yes a lot you know what i mean that was a lot it just kept so, coming out. I'm like, dang. Yeah. But it was so cool, though. That was an awesome kill. Like, just pulling him through the bed like that with TV and all, and all of a sudden blood shot out. It was really cool. And his mom's like, ah, just screaming. I'm like, yeah. I would I don't even know if I would have screamed in that moment. I think I would have just been in complete shock. <laughs> That's one of those kills where it's like, Tina is like, okay, her boyfriend savagely murdered her. But how do you explain a kid getting sucked into his bed and that much blood shooting up out of it? Like, exactly. the body didn't even have that much blood. There's no explaining that, that situation. Maybe it was a waterbed. It was the 80s. Him with them sweet waterbeds. Watching TV with it laying in his lap like a weirdo. Freaking Johnny Depp. I know. With his headphones on. I know. He's the one in trouble He's like, I don't TV, have to hear her talk, mom. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Typical boy thing to say. I know, like... <laughs> I was watching one thing. Like, tell me why he's like the worst boyfriend protector ever. Every time she tells him not to fall asleep, he falls asleep. He falls asleep. Yeah. Like every time. He's the worst. His death he is, is his fault. Worst. She told you, bro, don't fall asleep. I got you. I'll stay awake. Like that first time, she's like, I'm going to pull him out of the dream. Don't fall asleep. And he just passes right out in the, like, right there. She's like, what are you doing? I told you stay awake. What? Huh? Nonsense. Yeah. He's, he's freaking clueless. Oh my gosh. And I, I was Depp. so angry. I was so angry with mom and dad, this whole freaking movie. I was like, are you, are you freaking kidding me? Like, you know, you know what's happening in a way. Yeah. And Especially you're, not, and you're just making out. her feel like she's crazy. Yeah. Where'd you get that hat? You know where I got this hat, mom. I'm like, she didn't go to sleep with that hat. What do you, what do you think she did with it? Was just whittled yeah. it while she was sleeping? Like, I don't understand. Like, what she you, stitched it. And under the covers, she's, she's made this hat. She stitched it. She was knitting it while you like real fast while you were uh, watching her sleep. I'm like, she's what? crafty as f. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Also, can we talk about how the mom is like the most eighties lady ever? Like, she looks like the most eighties <laughs> woman known to mankind. She does. Oh, Marge over here, Ronnie Blakely. Yeah, her like her, she's orange. Her bottles of, of liquor and her and her. her uh, 48 Long. bottles of vodka all over the house like come on dude She's trying to have a cigarette butt that's eight miles long and then like i'm gonna drink all this vodka. Know, right? life is rough life is rough for me my skin is orange life is rough maybe that's, that's where donald trump got the idea to be orange lush. from 100 percent lush.com yeah delusional lush and she was yeah her her she looks like she had spray tan but we know i that's think she's the inspiration was. for donald trump for real 
Her skin is orange Ugh. and her hair is orange her, and it's ridiculous. Oh gosh, she's bad. <laughs> it's all bad. And her and her makeup is awesome. Yeah. So eighties. All the time. She's like the most 80s ever. When he's like, keep her in the house. Days, I'm going to do something better. I'm going to get her some help. And you're just like, you're glowing orange right now. Like you're under an orange neon light. You're going to get her help, but you don't. And you don't listen no. to her. And you make her feel like she's crazy. And then you freaking put bars on all the windows and the doors like a dumbass. So she can't get out. Yeah, I know what this, this is. This is for you. Yeah. I'm like, bitch, that is not for her. That You all are both going to die. It's your fault. I want to know what kind of security company shows up in one day and bars up a whole house like that. I know. Dang. I was like, that's fast, dude. Come on. And then her stupid boyfriend is going to make a joke about it. I'm like, you're an asshole. For real. You're just sitting across the, the, the street looking into the, oh, look like your mom went to the security store today. I know, right? What? You Both her parents joke. sucked. Like, her dad used her as bait. And they got she, mad she, at her. He sure did. Used me as bait. Yeah. Why are you going to school today? Like, what? You just used your I daughter. Can, that, that dude could have killed her. I, yeah, I could go to school if I want to go to school. Well, I mean, Rod could have sliced her up before he got there. Don't move, tough guy. No, big dumb. What are you doing? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But you know what? They had to have him. You know, without John Saxon, there would be no Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, they yeah. Got, the parents. They got the money. You have to have the parents anyway, because the parents is what caused all the freaking shit to go down at the very end. Well, yeah. And you don't know about Freddie until mom says something, which I, I forgot. It's like I told you, I watched this movie and I'm like, I must have forgotten a lot of stuff because She's I like, have watched a lot. Freddie can't hurt you, baby. Mommy killed him. No, yeah. no, mommy and didn't. And she pulls his freaking other claw. I'm like, why does he only have one? He's supposed to have two. And then I realize, oh, it's because mom has the other one, the other glove. No, that's his original. He's only ever had one. He's only ever had one? I thought he had two. Yeah. No, he only ever has one. The glove he's oh wearing, gosh. that's not a real glove. But he gets it when he comes to the real world. You know the scene where she goes uh, she, she goes to check the boiler and the glove's gone? Freddie's only yeah. ever had the one. It's because he's in the real world now. He has to get his real glove. Why did I think he had two? No. This is my he's mind playing tricks hand. on me like the peanut mm-hmm. man. Yeah, pretty much. Like Shazam <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. With the mon- the, and the uh, Monopoly guy? Pretty much. The little... Yeah, what, that's what, me right now. What do they call that? Uh, I don't know. God, what do they call those things when it's like something you think happened but didn't really happen? I don't know. I don't know. That's what my mind just did. Because yeah, I could have no. swore he had two. And you know what? Nope, I bet I'm not one. the only one. Probably not. But it's just one. <laughs> Mon- it the, uh, mandala effect. Yeah, mandala effect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah one because glove. you always think that the, the Monopoly man has a monocle. Yeah, no, it's Peanut Man. He doesn't. There's also movies that people think exi- that happened and existed that the actors swear never happened. There's no history of, but like I'm one of those people. Like the whole Sinbad doing the, uh, um, where he's a genie or whatever. That never happened. I'm like, dude, I watched that movie when I was a kid. You're crazy. It's one of those famous ones. Or like how everyone thinks. Um, what? Sinbad didn't make a movie like that? I don't know for sure if there's any like closing on but it was one of those big things online people were like yeah and other people were like that movie never happened it was a whole thing like a, a memory from childhood has been merged together that's really weird or like how everyone in star wars thinks that he says luke i'm your father but really he only says no i am your father like that's the most misquoted line in history but everyone remembers huh. him saying luke i am your father but he never says that it's one of those things probably it's wild weird dream it's you crazy. had dreams about freddie with two claws Schnicker, schnicker, he's coming after well, which you. Would make it, which would make it so much worse. <laughs> I don't know. I like the one claw because the way he like pops his hand up and waves all creepily, that was 100% uh, Robert England. He did that, and Wes Craven said, yep, that's it. Do that on film. <laughs> it's just yeah, off-putting you are and creepy. super creepy, and nobody wants – yeah, and you're smiling at me. Stop it. Yeah, and the weird Stop creepy it. smile, and then he's all waving. His teeth are black. It's great. I, mean, I really don't have anything um, negative – to say about this movie it was pretty interesting like the cinematographer his name is like jock hateken i believe uh apparently he was real serious and he wore an eye patch on his other eye while he was filming this because he didn't want to close his eye he didn't want to be distracted by other things like he was real serious about it but i gotta give him props because it looks really good so there's two things i want to point out that i thought was really well done that i have listed here and it's the line that when nancy answers the phone that's already been ripped out of the wall 
and she, and he says, "I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy." And he's oh, like, and yeah, she dude. looks down, and it's his tongue. He's like, eh. "I'm like, yeah, gross." Yeah, I'm like, terrifying and funny. That's and, a practical then, prop, prop too. Yeah, and you can tell, but it's really cool. Like it's it's done really well, and the line it was great. And then the long flame stunt at the end, like that was Which a one? long stunt. So at the very end, when Nancy is down in the basement with him, she sets him on fire and it's him coming up around into the staircase and he's like trying to walk up the staircase to the to the house, but he's he's on fire. Oh, yeah, that's a really good um, stunt. That is Anthony Cicero or Cicero, maybe is the stuntman that did that. He's also one of the dudes that is Ghostface in Scream 1 and 2. That's yeah, neat. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I I was like, me and Johnny were like, dang, that's a long time to be on fire. Uh, yeah, dude, that dude was rocking it. Um, he does a really good I, job in that. I think. I'm not assuming that it was one shot. It just looked like one shot, or like one section. I don't know if like they did it twice or if they it was just one long. I don't know. You that, um, that's your. I don't know. I would think that seems like it would be hard to do multiple times so that might have been one shot because if it was that was a long shot and he did a great job on being on well, fire yeah. well he was the stunt i think he's the stunt coordinator for the movie as well so he does like a really good job um just kind of coming up with what to say and what to do which i thought was really cool but those Again, are the it's two great character. Big stunts at the end that i really really liked those were really good well done and one was really funny and the other one was just like it was pretty epic and be on fire and screaming and i know right and, it's, ah, and then easy yeah i think it's got some iconic stuff like the weird nursery rhyme which apparently was um created by heather Lagenkamp's boyfriend at the time he kind of came up with it that one two fred is coming for you three four better lock your door i remember like singing that as a kid because like I said in earlier episodes, I was like my mom's test kid. I watched this when I was little. Like I don't I mean it came out I was two when this movie came out. I mean, I would say as soon as it was on home video, we probably watched it. My mom was about that life. I can almost guarantee it. That I already kind of like had saw this when yeah, I was. Yeah, I didn't very watch this till way later. Because I I don't know, I wasn't interested in watching it yet. And then when I finally watched it, I was like, this is decent. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, I really like this a lot. Oh, dude, it was so good. Like, but I like anything with dreams or nightmares and stuff like that. I'm really interested in all that stuff. Like the meanings behind everything. And so it's like, I just feel like that that's a really huge fear of mine is, is, is not being able to sleep well and having some horrible nightmare, which I'll talk about later. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, again, it's one of those things. Everyone has those fears, you know what I mean? So, like, to play on that in such of, like, just a visceral way, I think is what makes the character so iconic. So, between that and just how Robert England played it, because, like like I said earlier, Robert England is Freddy Krueger. There's no one else that will ever be Freddy Krueger. I don't care who you cast. And I think you see similar issues in other franchises, like, like in the Hellraiser franchise, Doug Bradley is Pinhead. You know what I mean? That's why, like in this new one, they made it a girl because you can't replace that character. You know, but you can't change Freddy. Like anybody can be Jason. Like any big dude could be Jason. Any big dude could be Michael Myers. Really, not even big dude. The original Michael Myers is not big, but any dude could be Michael no, Myers. Any dude could be Leatherface, as we've seen in multiple movies. You know what I mean? But like only Robert England can be Freddy Krueger. Well, yeah, because it's more like, of like I, his acting too. Like it's well, because he talks guys, and he has that. Yeah, he, he's a character. He has dialogue. Yeah, he's he is de- the character. He's not just a person that's chasing you throughout an entire film. Like you could put me in cover coveralls and a hockey mask, and I could easily play Jason Voorhees. Yes. No I'm amount of makeup will ever story. make me Freddy Krueger. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I might look like Freddy Krueger, but I'm not Freddy Krueger. I don't have the characterization. You know, that's not he. He invented that character. Like he based it off, you know, serial killers and some former actors because he was like a, like a Shakespearean trained actor. Which I Robert can, England's you can classically tell. trained. Yeah, he kills it. So good. Yeah, he did a beautiful job. I love it. 
So I got one more, I think, fun fact. It's a really cool fact before we get into grading this. Are you ready to grade it? Is there anything else you want to add? Oh, no, I'm good. All right. So, again, it's a great movie. But apparently, Nancy is shown watching uh, The Evil Dead in her room, right? Oh, yes. I did have that listed. And she's trying to stay awake. But he just, Craven apparently said that he decided to include the scene because Raimi featured a, po- a poster from The Hills Have Eyes in, in Evil Dead as a jab to show audience that scenes of Evil uh, Siege, the movie they were watching, was scarier than Craven's. So as a response, he put that joke in. And then Rami put Freddy Krueger's glove in the tool shed in Evil Dead 2. And then he did it again in Ash vs. the Evil Dead, but that was like in honor of his passing. I think that was really cool. That's really, it is really cool. Just that little jab back and forth. Like, yeah, this is scarier than The Hills Have Eyes. And he was like, oh, really? Well, this movie's better than The Evil Dead. <laughs> I love it. Which I, I love was pretty Evil cool. Dead. So. Evil Dead's great, but it is definitely not a nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, well, no. Not... Not at all. I mean, it's amazing. But, like, I'm going to have to agree. I think Evil Dead 2 is better than Evil Dead all day long. And it, neither one of them are as good you know as everyone else. You we are a big fan of Evil Dead 2 at my house. <laughs> well, I know. I know. I, know, I can't wait for... It's not just Johnny. I love it, too. Well, it's a great movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is a great movie. Well, I can't wait to do that in the future. It's a ridiculous movie. Uh, but it's definitely not Ooh. Nightmare on Elm Street by any stretch of the imagination. No. No, it's so at all. A nightmare on Elm Street was so good. Now I'm ready to grade it. You ready to grade this bad boy? Yeesh. Go ahead. What do you think? All right. So I need to pull the rubric up too. I'm slacking. No, dude. I got it up. All right. So literary element, script, story development, dialogue, character development. Like that's a big old twenty-five for me, dude. (laughs) Like I can't. It's it's a twenty-five for me because so good. The source material, so good. The dialogue is amazing for the most part. There's a couple lines that are a little silly. Um, Some of the stuff Rod says is kind of, eh, whatever. But it's also 1984. So looking at the lens of 2022 is going to be a little different. Um, But everything Robert England says is amazing. It drives the the plot very well. Nancy's a great character. Her mom's a little ridiculous, but she's supposed to be. So, yeah, I'm down 25. Like I told you, she's a delusional lush. So yes, she's she is. not supposed to be, she's kind of a flat character, whereas Nancy's very dynamic, like Freddie. Yeah. They're both, they're, there's, there's a lot of, like, Freddie's like all over the place and he's supposed to be, he's a, he's a very chaotic person. Well, yeah, he's a child whereas Nancy, murderer. Whereas Nancy's person. like shows development over time because she kind of doesn't take Tina seriously at the beginning, but by the end she's ready to like some shit up oh dude there was one note about her just i forgot to add at the end she literally has a book called booby traps and improvised anti anti-personnel devices where do you just go get that fucking book <laughs> like what like what the book she uses to make like um the lampshade bomb and all the traps and stuff like that real home alone vibe the book is called because oh, yeah. johnny depp comments on it it's called booby traps and improvised anti-personnel devices. She's like, I'm into personal safety now. What? Oh or survival God. or something. Like, where do you get that book? That's ridiculous. But that's one of the most ridiculous, like, kind of fun parts that make her that cool final girl kind of yeah, character. I really liked her a lot. And I love her even more. Is it the second or the third one? She's in a bunch of them. So it's like, Is okay. she the second and third? I think so. Or is it just the third? I can't remember. I can't either. I know she's in Freddy's Dead too. Like I've met her before at a, at a convention. I've met both of them, her and Robert England. They're both super awesome. And she says this is one of her favorite characters she's ever played. Well, yeah, but, because even over the course of the films, she's she grows as as a character. So oh, yeah, I really yeah. like her a lot. So definitely twenty five in literary. Films, she was great. Hundred yes, percent. Yeah. We'll see. So directing. Visual elements that connect to the narrative, set design, overall character design. That's another 25, dude. Like, yeah, dude. I think it supports all the necessary elements. Yes, it does. Like, so they good. pick awesome sets. They're lit awesomely. It, it gives you that feel that it's real but not real. The edges are almost kind of fuzzy. Like, it's really, really well done. And it kind of goes back to what I talked about, the cinematographer being so, um, so kind of serious about covering one eye and looking just through the lens of the camera and not being distracted. Like he was so serious about how lighting should be put up 
and how the sets should be lit and done for a visual aesthetic that they really captured it i think and what i also really liked is that sometimes when she was like in the process of sleep but you're not sure if she's asleep or awake and you're unsure like she's unsure if she's asleep or awake and you're unsure so it's not clear until you see some one little minute detail that's out of place yeah or like really green and red strike or something weird yeah like yeah. i mean at the end obviously it was very apparent that she was in the dream world yeah but like otherwise like when before she got to that point you were unsure if she was actually asleep because she was teetering because she was drinking all the coffee and yeah she was probably hallucinating from all the caffeine and yeah, stuff like she and the was no-dos. A, yeah she was kind of sleepwalking a little yeah. bit or well and they, they use some really cool visual stuff and this will carry over to in our visual element like when you first see freddie in the alley how he pops out from behind that small tree it's like things like that, that like you know because you could see this weird dude in the alley with a, with a claw glove being there i mean heck when this movie came out there was like a whole bunch of crime pandemics of people gluing steak knives to gloves but like he comes out from behind a tree but he's not there you know what i mean like he's walking out from another place behind that tree so it's that really kind of cool um small nods like, like like you said small things to let you know that this is actually the dream the dream world and not his world or yeah. not the real world and that was really cool so yeah, 25 and 25 there for sure. Um, visual element. So the overall aesthetic of the film is pleasing to the eye. Creative camera shots and movement and lens selection. I really have nothing. I think I just answered that question. That's again, for sure, 25. Yeah. No, yeah, man. 25, dude. Like it's it, it well, shot yeah, so well. All the camera shots and then the and the spinning of that room and and just, yeah. I don't know. The spandex. They did a really good job. All of it is good. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they they didn't spend they spent enough time on each shot that so it made it more interesting to me. Like I it's not like they you know how they spend so much time on like one shot that's not necessary and then I don't feel yeah. like anything was unnecessary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'm like articulating that very well, but no, you're right. It's well, well it's like the sh- the shot economy. Like there wasn't like a let's spend five minutes watching this person walk, you know, um, or things like that. It was l- everything drove the narrative in a really um, like a really just good way, I guess, because he used different shots and different angles and different camera kind of placement. If you watch it closely, to to, to separate reality from the dreaming and to um, separate point of view which i thought was really cool and he switches from first person to third person and it's real clean and looks really good and his like interior to exterior shots are really well done they're edited very well together so yeah i don't have anything it's, it's 25 100 yes i totally agree god it's gonna seem like we're just like kissing this movie's ass but it is like one of the <laughs> iconic it's movies not, of all though. time and when it's good it's good it really it's is fine. and i think it's one of those that it's got a double it's double right because like i love robert england i love the character of freddie but i also love wes craven like mm-hmm. i don't think he has a movie that i don't like other than maybe new nightmares because it was meh but it wasn't like i didn't like it it just wasn't as good as some of the other stuff you know what i mean but all of them are good yeah like the hills have eyes is creepy and good you know and last house on the left is very off-putting well if you're just I mean, you look at the rubric. When we're looking at the rubric, it's just like if you're reading a piece of writing. Like, if it's done well, it's done well. Like, it's not. It's true. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's the way it is. You know, like it fits the criteria of the rubric, and that's how we're grading it. That's it why, I like, when I grade student work, and they're like, "Why did I do so poorly on this section? Did you read your piece back through, or did you have someone look at it because you're missing something? Did you see in the rubric so, where I said you needed this? Yeah, and you did not give me <laughs> where that. I said you needed sensory details and they're not yeah. present. Yeah, I said I want to feel like I'm sitting at the table with you eating Thanksgiving dinner. Mine's a lot different. Did you see where I said I wanted complete sentences and not one word? <laughs> they're like, What? I'm like, Yeah, you didn't give me nothing. Get out of my face. Did you even read the rubric? No, you did not capitalize your eyes. What are you doing? I don't okay. even care about that. You wrote two words instead of a paragraph, bro. You I care about it because I'm like, you should know how to do this by now. My well, kids should anyways. We teach different situations. Yes, we do. But that's okay. 
I also teach science, so I'm not going to be super on them about grammatical, grammatical, yeah, yeah, grammatical, grammatical errors. errors. Grammatical errors. There we go. I couldn't get the word out. I was trying. <laughs> That's fine. I'm grammar, always typing that grammar. out. Lots of grammatical errors. Please go back and check. <laughs> All right. So the sound element again. This is another really good one for me. So the sound represents the overall tone of the film. The soundtrack, as well as the score, keeps the audience engaged with the setting characters. That's a 25, dude. 100. percent Like this movie. It goes back to those early ones, how the score is a character. It kind of drives the plot. Like those creepy, like from the creepy little nursery rhyme that is like, you remember and hum to yourself to like that kind of song that Wes Craven had came up. That's for, that's Freddie's like little theme that you hear when he's around. Mm -hmm. It has, and when they're in the dream world, the music is eerie and it changes. And that's another indicator that they're no longer in the real world. It's a slight difference. But it's just yes. enough to make you feel like something is off. So, do we just give this movie a big hundred percent? Ah, A plus, A plus plus. And I know people are gonna like disagree and try to show you know what, idea, but you know what, get out of here. You can disagree all you want. It's my favorite show. Up. It um again, like I said, I think it's one of the greatest of all time. If you don't think so, I think you are either a teenager who doesn't really cannot really appreciate the movie (laughs) or you just don't have good taste. Like, and maybe that's me being pretentious, but like, if you don't like Nightmare on Elm street, like, do you really like horror movies, bro? I mean, come on. Yeah. Cause it's good. It's overall great. Plus it's Wes Craven. It's Robert England. It's, everything you it's want freddy krueger man you know what i mean like he shows up at anything like even movies that are really not good like freddy versus jason is ridiculous but freddy's great in that movie you know what i mean sure so it's is. like okay i'm with it all right man so there we go nightmare on elm street a plus 100 percent per the That's the rubric right. uh and yeah rubric. so if you disagree all right kiss my ass i don't care kiss his ass kiss your ass happy hanukkah happy hanukkah <laughs> This movie will come out during Hanukkah, I'm pretty sure, too. So that's funny. Oh, oh no. (laughs) I don't have been anyone. It's a movie line, I swear. Okay, anyways. So it's time for Jenny Dreadfuls. And we have chosen Scary Stories 3, um, which is written for ages 8 through 12. I just saw that. Um, by Har- Harper Collins. So we, or I mainly, found, I was like, I wanted to stick with dreams as best I could. Um, So I found that there was some short stories on nightmares. Okay. I only had one picked out, but then, you know, Bob came up and was like, hey, this is only like 12 pages long. We could read these. So I was like, okay. I know. Well, so we read the dream that. is a page and a half. So I was like, we can add the, all yeah. of them in there. I didn't realize it was that short when I first looked at it. I was like, oh, dang, this yeah. is real short. Yeah. I mean, most but of us first... who are listening should have read these before. I mean, these are like quintessential childhood reading, I think. I don't think I've read the ones from this one. I think I read it from the original. Good old short story. I also read from In a Dark, Dark Room, which... You can hate on me all you want, but that might make an appearance at some point because I love that. I love that book so much. Hi, bro. It's your um, section. It's your, it's your world. I'm just living in it. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, so we read all five. I, I'll just give a brief rundown of each one. So the first one's called The Dream, and it's about Lucy Morgan, and she's an artist, and she's like moving around like like a small country area, and she's traveling from one village to the next. And she goes to sleep that night and she has this dream and she describes this room. It's, you know, just an ordinary room, except for two things. The carpet was made of a large, made of large squares that look like trap doors. And each of the windows was fastened shut with big nails that stuck up in the wind, out of the window or out of the wood. And then this really weird looking lady tells her in the dream she says she's got a woman with a pale face and black eyes and long black hair came into the room, leaned over the bed and whispered, this is an evil place. Flee while you can. And I'm like, ew. So yeah. she, 
so the whole the whole premise of the story is her was like okay i can't go to this next place so i need to go somewhere different but when she goes somewhere different she realizes she's actually in the place she wasn't she wasn't supposed to be in because it kind of lured her there which i think is super creepy yeah that's like a premonition almost yeah and they like show like very short, but it, it it's to the point and very creepy. So she, then you have Sam's new pet, where mom and dad go on a vacation to Mexico, and they're like, we're going to bring you something back. And they find this little, sad little hairless dog, is what they thought they were bringing back. And so they snuck him back home in a box. Well, the next morning, after they give Sam the dog and he's you know sleeps with the dog and he's like there's something wrong with it it's like foaming at the mouth and whatever he's sick so like he's sick and then so they take it to the vet and the vet's like this is not a dog this is a rat that has what did it say rabies yeah it's a a sewer rat and has rabies and I was like that's the ugliest picture I've ever seen that was the worst thing why would you thought that was cute and you brought it home to your child what's wrong with you oh who Gross. doesn't actually rem- what you know what i mean how do you not know that's not a rat how big was it like did you think yeah. it was a chihuahua because it's in mexico i'm not trying to be racist <laughs> Maybe. i'm just asking <laughs> like what is it like what is happening okay so then the next one is maybe you will remember. I thought this one was kind of Twilight Zone-ish at first. And then I, what I liked about this story, if I was a kid reading the story, I would have been like, oh, this is so cool. Because at the end of it, it's like, hey, see page 102. And I'm like, yeah. what? So I like you go to page 102 and you realize, oh, shit, her mom crazy? actually died. Yeah, with the plague or whatever. And that makes sense, though. Like, they would not want to uh, yeah. share the plague, dude, which is crazy. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, yeah, so no. anyways, so the next one, one is Bob's favorite. No, it's not. Shut your face on that. It's called The Red Spot. <laughs> it's Dude. very short. Oh my god, it's very short, but it's so frightening. So this girl goes to sleep and she she feels a spider on her face and she keeps telling her mom like she has a red bump on her face the next day and she keeps telling her mom, like, it's getting bigger and it's worse and it's all these things. And so finally, they're like, we find out that, like, she she goes to the doctor. What is the doctor? Oh, the, the doctor couldn't see Ruth. It said Ruth's the main character. And at the very end, she's like, I'm just going to take a hot bath and let this soak. And when it soaks, it opens up and there's all a bunch of spiders. Oh <laughs> a bunch my of baby spiders have been laid no. into her face. No, shit is crawling on me right it's now, so dude. Weird. No way. So like it's so gross. I saw this in a movie when I was a kid, right? And it's been like one of those embedded fears in my brain, like forever. So like they did it again in the short stories, the telling the or scary stories, telling the dark movie, right? They touch on it with like it's called like the pimple or whatever. But when I was a kid, there's a movie. It's called The Believers. It's like 1987. Um, this happens in that movie, and it's got like uh like Martin Sheen in it and some other people. So I'm like, oh cool. Um, but I remember that scene was just so off-putting to me. Like it happens to Helen Shaver in this movie, and it like pops out her face. Oh my god, it's so just. Ugh. And she's like Caroline in the Amityville Horror, so like she's kind of a big deal. But when it pops out of her face, they're all just crawling everywhere, and her face is all gross. No, no. I mean that and the movie Arachnophobia, I think directly tie into the reason why I am not a fan of spiders. I won't say I have arachnophobia because I'm not like definitely afraid of them, but I will kill a spider on sight. On sight. <laughs> it's not it's not surviving. Nah, I'll burn this mother down. Like yeah. Aaron showed me a picture one time of their old lake house, and there is a spider coming from the ceiling. It's like the size of like a saucer, right? And I was like, <laughs> dog, saucer. if I was in the shower and that spider came down on me, I'm gonna burn this motherfucker to the ground. <laughs> to the ground. Burn it embers that's it not nah, everything's gone nope spider eggs nope kill them all can't do it i don't like spiders not a fan spiders <laughs> are the worst God. skin is crawling right okay now. so the last one in the in <sighs> the sequence here is no thanks which i it was okay it was just like this really creepy dude kind of comes out of the dark parking lot and he's like hey i have this nice sharp knife yeah that was stupid <laughs> you keep 
He was like, I have this nice sharp knife. He's really, he's like panhandling a little bit. He's like, I just yeah. want you to buy this from me for a few bucks. Yeah, and on, this bro. guy's like real terrified of him. And so, and the, the, the picture is actually creepier than the story is. Yeah, and it wasn't scary at all. He's like, no thanks. He's like, a good present for your mama. I'm like, what? And then he's like, no thanks. And then she's like, hey, she's got one. And he, he takes off running. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm assuming it's like a kitchen knife or something. Like, it's for your mom. Like, why would, why would your mom want yeah, a nice, sharp knife? No, a, a long, thin blade of a knife. Yeah, it was kind of a silly story. Yeah, it was silly. Like, I guess all those could be nightmares. I mean, the sec- the section's called Five Nightmares, and I, they definitely are. The Red Spot one legit is a legit nightmare for me, because that would be the worst, dude. Well, yeah, Every time I get a spider any... bite, I freak out about there being eggs in my body. Ew. Uh... I know, right? Oh. Here's It's like the movie... Um... Uh, it's all Mary Knack's murder when he when he's laying in bed with her and she's like tickling his ear and he's like oh my god ah. and she's like what what and he's like I saw this episode of Night Gallery one time and they put an earwig in the guy's ear and they said the good news is we got the earwig out but the bad news is the late babies and I was like oh it's terrible that's what it made me think of it's so funny yeah no uh, no it's a, it's a no bueno I don't do it. bugs no, I'm pretty sure I swallowed a spider while I was sleeping one night I woke up in the middle of it sliding down my throat, and I swallowed it. They say that's like a statistic, isn't it, that we eat so many a year or something? Yeah. There's no way I don't eat a bunch, because I sleep with my mouth open. I used to. I wake up, and I'm like, my mouth is so dry. Yeah, I used to. That's uh, So, anyways. Yeah, it's not. Oh, God. Oh, God, no. So, I think the scariest one for me, honestly, would he... I like. I think the red spot is creepy, but I think the dream really bothers me the most. Um, they're both. Those are the two best ones. I think the the new pet. Yeah, oh, that's, that's kind of silly. Um, the you remember one is jacked up just because like you know when you read what really happened, you know they had the plague and didn't want nobody to know. They basically could convince this woman that she was crazy that her mom never existed. You're in the wrong hotel. You're in the wrong hotel. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, no, the red yeah, spot for me is from... mm, legit. Yeah, fear. that's legit here oh. yeah but it's it's one of those things yeah, that just, the first one's more like a demon type thing or some yeah. kind of like i'm and like no nah, i don't do that they portray her really weirdly in the movie like that character from the dream the the, the little sketch right next to the, the the story she's in the movie but she like gives the dude a hug or something and envelops him into her body it's very odd um but she's creepy so like that kind of the imagery lends into it i don't need any imagery for the red spot i just imagine a giant pimple on my face that bugs come out of and it, ugh, it makes Gross. my skin crawl. That's what I'm saying. Ugh. Nightmares are serious, man. Like, um, and all these are supposed to like touch on different pieces, I guess, different fears, you know, that fear of being attacked on the street when you, you know, and, and the no thanks and the, the fear of things, yeah. you know, bugs and things like that. And then like, um, that fear of just a losing a loved one, B, no one remembering you kind of vibe and maybe you'll remember the new pet that's why i thought like it was twilight zone-ish at the beginning yeah. and then you finally oh, sure. realize like it wasn't really i guess so though that's the twist though really yeah so it kind of yeah. is twilight zone-ish got a vibe to it but mm-hmm. yeah man nightmares are serious and these kind of you know they're for kids but i guess like kids don't have that and i guess normally i wouldn't think about the red spot being that scary if it wasn't like in 1987 i mean i was little when i saw that movie i probably saw it in 88 so I was maybe six, seven years old when I saw that movie. It's in it's in my psyche. Like I can see the woman in the like apartment building she's in, and it busting out of her face. Like I'm like, oh, gross. Oh. Yes, no, not I'm, good. I don't do bugs like that. No, all right, man. There you go. There's our Jenny Dreadfuls. Yes. For the for the day. It was fun. Yeah. It was a fun little read. It was. It wasn't a short, you know, and um. There's so much that goes into these kind of things, you know, like different night terrors and just nightmares in general. It's a lot to um, to tie in, I guess, and or to touch on. And those are fears that I think every human has, right? So these kind of yes. ideas of touching on fears, it, it's easy because everyone has something they're afraid of. You know what I mean? And that's what makes Freddy so powerful. You know, like just night terrors in general. Like this is kind of what it is, especially how they wake up and what he's inspired by getting so afraid that you die in your sleep it's pretty wild mm-hmm. and it's an interesting concept i guess um i'm glad it was Wes craven that was inspired by it and not some just you know rando 
B movie maker that ruined it. You know, took the plot and ruined True. it. No, he did a great job. Killed it. A plus plus. All right, man. Is there anything you want to add? No. All right, dude. Well, right, Sounds like that will be the bill for this week. So you guys know where to find us. Follow us on Instagram at Horror in the Halls, and you can find me at Jenny underscore Dreffles. And then you can email us at horrorinthehalls at gmail.com. Give us a like, review, and share it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. Yes, please. Let us know what you think. If you don't agree that Nightmare on Elm Street is one of the best movies of all time, then we're not friends. Sorry. You, you, and, you're uh, lame. Yeah. Go out and read. You can't sit with us. <laughs> no. Seat's <laughs> taken. <laughs> go out and read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And then, yeah, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.